0: are listening to the rest roots and renewal podcast i'm your host eric russell and each week i'll sit down with another pastor from the oaks community church and give you a sneak peek of the upcoming sunday we will look at what the scripture text is for the week along with the questions we are wrestling with and we invite you to wrestle and think and feel and pray with us everyone thanks for joining us again we're still in our proverbs series and this week it is recovering our humanity in justice and mercy you know what i have been reading the text for the last few weeks do you want to call me out read okay. yeah <laughs> all right i just read i just That's read the fine. bible man i just like reading the bible you want to read for this this week
1: i can yeah i've awesome. got some here there is a lot i think we said that last week mm-hmm. my goodness the topic of justice is—it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah, and a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm going to read some that I think at least set a good framework for us to kind of talk and think and figure out how we should think about this as Christians, how we should think about this as the church. Proverbs three twenty-seven through twenty-nine: Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. In the next verse, do not say to your neighbor, Go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. 29, do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Proverbs 14, 31, whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. Proverbs 21, 3, to do Righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Proverbs 22, 8. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of his fury will fail. Proverbs 22, this is 22 and 23. Do not rob the poor because he is poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause, and rob of life those who rob them. Yauza. Proverbs 31, 8, 9 is my last one here. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the poor and needy. It's a lot.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. One, you know, for the listener, it's not like we just read the comprehensive list of everywhere it talks about mercy or justice or poverty in Proverbs. I have other (laughs) verses that I've written down too. So, you know, Proverbs has a lot.
1: Yeah, I hit Dan up this morning earlier and I was like, hey, where where are you narrowing down your thoughts in terms of the text? And he just sent me a picture with someone crying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes
0: that's how it is. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah, uh, there's a gift in that, and when the scriptures are just abundantly clear, you know, when yeah. it's like, hey, here, there's there's a thousand verses, you know, scripture the passages. On is, this, but...
1: <laughs> and Dan is brilliant, and yeah, we, I, we can. He's vested. he's not here to defend himself, so we get to say stuff about him. He's brilliant, and he'll come up with some good things. Yeah, yeah he'll dissect it really well. But yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. So let me, here's something I was thinking, Eric, I just curious to, to start off a little thin, a little shallow on the topic before it gets, you know, potentially into the heavier realm. What it, for you is like your justice meter, your internal, what, what, what about the, the topic of justice and injustice, fairness, mm-hmm. unfairness, What's your yeah. been your personal, I want just, I want to hear from you personally.
0: Okay. Well, so yes, uh, let me answer that. Does that question make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Let me answer it in, in two parts. One, you're asking me to answer it personally, so I will answer it personally. But there's a sense in which everyone, I think, doesn't need to think very long about areas where we feel personal injustice. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's much harder for me to articulate, you know, where I stand on it in terms of justice for others. But when it comes to me personally, I hate bad customer service experiences. Mm. I had one with spectrum. Can I get an amen? Anyone, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, with spectrum where I had had a piece of their equipment go bad. Mm. And so I took it back to the store and they gave me a new piece of equipment.
1: Yeah,
0: It was great. I took it home. Everything was fine. A year later I moved and I disconnected service with them and Mm -hmm. I went with an alternative provider. And when I went back and returned my existing equipment, the customer service rep there said, Oh, Hey, but you have two routers, two modems or whatever that you're supposed to be returning you have yeah. this one and you had another one and i yeah. said no 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 i i returned that one. Mm-hmm. and they were like well we don't have any record of that so that's mm-hmm. going to be you know 150 dollars or whatever and i was angry because i was like the employee right was standing right there yeah. i was like that's the employee right there that, yeah. that took my equipment and they're like no nope, we're going to bill your account you know or or and if you don't pay it
1: it'll go to collections this injustice will yeah, not stand.
0: yeah so i was i had no way of appealing it so those are the kinds of things where I get a deep sense of personal injustice, where it's like you have the ability to make this right, but you're choosing not to do it. Yeah. What about you? Well not yet well, that's similar. do you have it? Do you have a personal
1: sense of justice? I mean every day I feel like that's my problem. I feel like that's I have my meter, so I feel like I have my threshold is so low that I just I get triggered all the time, and I'm trying to work on it. I've just,
0: well, I just poured my heart out and gave examples. You got You got to give me something here.
1: No, I don't. I don't. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to. Are no. you, are
0: you, are you the guy that, <laughs> are you the guy that yells at people in traffic?
1: It's none of your business. <laughs> what I do. No, I just think that, no, man, I do. Seriously. I'm more of a silent, okay. probably judger.
0: Like you sit there and see.
1: Yeah, probably. Because I lack the courage to, it's embarrassing Honestly, sometimes I'm embarrassed by my, this is what's interesting, you know, because I'm asking that question because clearly the wisdom literature, I mean, the entirety of the Bible is so concerned with justice and, you know, I am concerned as well. However, and you kind of said this right at the beginning of when you were telling your story, but so often it's like my attention to it is. (laughs) It depends on whether or not it's, I'm the one being affected. Um, Yeah. And I can be so, I can just be super petty. So in one sense, I want to be more laid back, forbearing, forgiving over trivial things like line cutters. I just Mm. like stuff like that. Like you see a line cutter and I'm just like, oh really? Yeah. So the whole world operates around you. Apparently (laughs) you get to just do whatever you want. And I just get all of this snarky stuff in my head. And then, yeah, just. People that you know when people are inconsiderate, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid the fact that I'm ever possibly inconsiderate. But all that to say, in all seriousness, this is clearly the Book of Proverbs is like, look, if you want to be wise in navigating the world, you can't pretend like there aren't. Well, let me say it this way: it doesn't seem like the the proverbs are saying you can get away with unjust practices from you know, a high level, like a policy level, all the way down to just your neighborly interactions. There seems to be this pattern weaved into the universe in which God is saying, listen, I'm paying attention to all of it. But one of the things I'm really struck by is just the idea of, and maybe, maybe I wrongly attribute these ideas in the milieu, like at large and how people discuss, but like human rights is a, it's, it's fascinating. And I'm proud of this, not personally, I'm proud of this as a Christian. It's totally a Bible thing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's totally, it's totally like, it's a Christian idea.
0: Yeah, so I want to ask you some questions about this because, you know, as we were kind of comparing notes before we started here, you were talking about how historically a lot of what we would call great thinkers here in the West, great classic, classic, you know, philosophers and great thinkers, they do not share the Chris- Christian ethic when it comes to the treatment of the marginalized, the helpless, the poor, you know, they do not have the same Christian ethic when it comes to justice and mercy. Can you, can you kind of give us, give, you know, the listener a little bit of a context as to like what you mean when you talk about well, I just contrasting was, the Christian perspective yeah, versus classic?
1: Well, I th- I think, Glenn Sh- I think Shrivener is how you pronounce. He's got a great book, The Air We Breathe. You can go read that book and you will encounter things from a christian perspective that you'll be wow like i didn't know that when christianity was being birthed we were defi- like we were standing in great opposition to people that thought differently about rights equality yeah and whether that be men like or women you know like the rights of women or the the rights of children yeah. i mean just People like Plato, people like you, you would be the average person, I think, that has doesn't have a background in philosophy, which by the way, I don't, but of Greek thought, and you pulled some of these writings up and you would be astounded at what was by what was written plainly, without any kind of hesitation or remorse. Can you give me some examples? Yeah, I pulled some up to Plato, like Plato's thought about child-rearing, that children must be, quote, malleable, disposed to virtue, and they must be physically fit if they don't meet those certain qualifications. The parents, quote, this is this is Plato's thought, properly disposed of in secret so that no one will know what has become of them. Aristotle thought, similarly, Aristotle disposed thought
0: Disposed of, Let, let's just pause for a yeah. second. Murdered.
1: Yeah, Aristotle thought that defective children should be exposed, thrown down, wells discarded into rubbish heaps abandoned on hillsides as to this is a this is a quote as to exposing or rearing the children born let them let there be a law that no deformed child shall be reared that's aristotle no deformed child should should be raised up they were actually seen as a detriment to society because they're a drain on the resource and our improvement. This is crazy. They actually had, they, it was our first known written documentation of gynecological. I know I'm saying that in a podcast as a <laughs> pastor. Laws of like, they were putting policies in place as to how to recognize the newborns that are worth rearing. <laughs> and if they didn't meet the requirements, they were to be exposed and you can just and quote try again. So and then Christians come along and they're like no that's not okay. Yes this might this person is is going to require large amounts of sacrifice on our on our end. We're going to be at a loss for their betterment. You know just the poor in general I mean the mosaic law we talked about this br- briefly earlier just like That this is, that God had this written into the code for like how we should, as a society should set up ourselves, that farmers were not allowed to gather all their grain, but leave some of it for the poor. You know, they had certain gleaning. This is, you can look this stuff up in Leviticus 19, Leviticus 23. In other words, they were instructed to limit their profitability. God's people were instructed to limit how much they could potentially make. So that people, and this is where it gets really interesting, and I can go for much longer than this podcast will allow, (laughs) as to how, yes, it's political, and yet it's not partisan. Here you have God enacting laws, stretching way back for God's people and how to conduct themselves in society Mm -hmm. for all the various levels, people of of needs and wants and, you know, just, just where people are at in terms of foreigners and people that are poor and people that don't have they were not given it was this was not charity in other words they weren't instructed to glean certain edges of their fields for instance and then give it to the poor they were instructed to leave it untouched so that the poor could work and get it for themselves and re- maintain their own dignity hmm. throughout the- you understand what i'm saying yeah so there there is this like really interesting dynamic going on in the scriptures where dignity worth value is always being thought about not just in terms of like seeing who needs help but then also how best to help them
0: yeah a humanitarian approach versus just a pure charitable approach
1: yeah and so i just was struck all morning and and i think christians should start to honor and take back well not aggressively or but it's, but it's it, this, this is us man like we this is like our god the god of the bible actually human rights is not something that was birthed out of the like 60s this is this is truly a biblical idea All right I'm going to read you this you ready Yeah I'm going to read you this quote Okay I do not accept that all lives are of equal value that's a quote by lord sumption what year do you think that that was stated in
0: i'm going to say 1600s,
1: 1700s <laughs> yeah right this january 2021
0: oh good for us that's very <laughs> that's sad what in what well and to be fair to to, to he be he fair
1: opinion? to him i want to be fair to him i'm i'm totally using him probably in a way, that's not totally fair. I mean, there is context to the conversation. Yeah, that's what I'm going to...
0: Yeah, I was you know,
1: It was during COVID times. And essentially, he was making the argument that the elderly are not as valuable as the young. Hmm. And that was his argument. And now this made... this. I think this was on the, the BBC. And this, like, as you can imagine it stirred people up big time. I mean, I think at one point, I think in response, if I remember correctly, the, the host of that particular show, the journalist of, at that time, that moment kind of looked back and said, if I'm like understanding you correctly, you're saying my life is not valuable. To which he responded and said, that's, I'm saying it's, it's not that it's not valuable. It's just that it's less valuable <laughs> based on your age, which now I bring this up Simply to say, people were in an uproar over this, right? How can you be the judge? like how can you place value you, you, you know on the like human worth on based on age, like what gives you the right but if you if you stop for a moment and think this through, it's like, wait where where is where are we getting all of this what I would say justifiable? discomfort, anger, where do you think it's coming from? You know, what makes, I mean, if we're, if we're, who was it that said, are we, are we ascending apes? Or are we fallen angels? Which one are we? And if that's your only categorical, you know, understanding of what we are, which by the way, I would say that the Bible's like, yeah, it's kind of a mix of both. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we're made from dirt. We're made from dirt. Yeah. But there's the image of God. But there's this much- image of God. Yeah, breathed upon us. And so it's just interesting to then watch people get upset, rightfully so. Like, hey, this is not, but then it, then so much of the community of the world, like they have no grounds for where and why this bothers them so much. And this is where it all just turns into just petty arguments and we we hate each other. I'm just simply making the case that I've I've just been noticing that like you can't you can't be in the Bible you can't you can't be a Christian and not be thinking about matters of human rights. Mm. You can't sequester that off to say, well, that's just a political thing. I'm not really political, or 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 that's for a certain type of person. That's not for me. No, I mean it's this is if you bear the name Christian, human rights is baked into our DNA.
0: What about the Christian that would say, hey, you know, my spiritual gifts lie elsewhere. My spiritual gifts lie in, you know, X, Y, Z over here. But I'm just not that. I'm not real great at mercy and at justice. You know, like somebody somebody might say, oh, you know, not everybody's a preacher. Not everybody's an evangelist. Not mm. everybody's this. Not everybody, you know, can can you know be on the mercy team and so so i'm just going to take a back seat like you know i'm just going to kind of let somebody else do that yeah uh, is there room room for that kind of a posture as well like is that an okay posture for a christian to take where it's like hey it's not really my thing not re- mercy and justice i'm for it but there's other people that are more equipped and they're better th- at that than I would be. So I'll let them kind of lead the charge on that mm. and I'll go focus in on my mm. areas.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> no, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> no. I uh, no, I hear you. I hear you. I think that's a legitimate. I, and I think that there are varying degrees of, of, of influence and leadership and know-how in this department, you know, like we're not all going to be Megan Hurley, for the listener like Megan Hurley's our 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 mercy director and she really heads up some of helping us stay educated and informed as to how to help our community at large the poor the disadvantaged the vulnerable I'm not Megan Hurley I do not have her same knowledge same personality I don't have you know and and, and many others don't and I don't think that God is upset about that but I definitely at the same time don't think that this is an issue that you can say, well, I don't have to concern myself with it because of some of the texts we've already cited, like a Matthew 25 or like John, for instance, and we haven't even gone to where it's like, Hey, you can't, the truth is not in you.
0: (laughs) If you say, I don't care. Yeah. If you say you don't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the good news to me though, is not only that God sees people that are, that are deal that are, that are suffering under the weight of, injustice or oppression. But I also think that God is not, I can't find anywhere where God has this expectation that you're going to fix it. And it's like, no, he's going to fix it. He's made that actually really clear to us. He's going to fix it. And in the meantime, our <laughs> feeble attempts, you know, to, to, to do our best, to really give it our best to be, to see ourselves as partners with our Lord who who are gradually learning more and more and more about what his character is like. Hmm. And that as we seek to like, have some kind of an impact at least around us that, that emulates the kingdom that's going to come, that is coming, you know, in our midst. I think that that is what it means to, to, to properly properly embody what, you know, to be a child of God, to be one who is in relationship with him, learning his ways, caring about his kingdom and knowing that, oh, his, I mean, over and over and over again, it's like this, you want to know what the kingdom's like? It's like this. And then he, it's like issues of fairness and, and, you know, justice get thrown in. That's how Jesus communicates that like this, the kingdom of heaven is not going to be like the one, the, the world that you currently have. It's actually going to be one that's full of grace and full of the last or first, the top-level leaders are people that sacrifice and serve. Everything is topsy-turvy. Everything that you think about in the world needs to be reimagined and relooked at. And I think we're supposed to spend the rest of our lives just gradually learning more and more, like how that plays out in all of our little spheres, you know, in your school, in your workplace, in your in your neighborhood being someone who just buries their head is the same as perpetuating injustice in the text. It's the same thing. For those
0: that are interested in getting involved in our specific context, we have a wonderful mercy ministry that is led by our mercy director, Megan Hurley. And I reached out to her and asked her to kind of give me a scope for the opportunities that are available for people to serve.
2: If you would like to become more involved with the Mercy Ministry at The Oaks, here are some ways to get connected. One way is to sign up as a responder on careportal.org. CarePortal is a tool used by child-serving professionals to share vetted needs of local children and their families. You can sign up to see, share, pray for, and meet real needs for vulnerable families in Middletown. Another way to serve is at The Oaks Food Pantry. You can volunteer in the afternoon or evening on Tuesdays and Thursdays during our regular pantry hours. There are also opportunities throughout the month to help organize and put away donations. You can also give financially to both of these ministries by selecting Mercy on our giving page on the website or the app. To learn more about these opportunities, please send an email saying, I'd like to learn more to mercy at theoakscommunitychurch.org. We would love to serve with you.